This podcast is part of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not represent other podcasts or affiliates of Gunna Geek. Check out more podcasts at GunnaGeek.com and get ready because geekness starts in three, two, one. I think this episode is going to be f***ing treacherous. I am literally, so I tried to open a new tab in Chrome and Chrome shut down. Now, I don't know what has changed since the last time we recorded three years ago, but something has changed where Chrome is taking like way more, I don't know, bits. Is that a thing that Chrome does? Does it take bits? It might be bits. It might be bits. Chrome is taking more bits than I think it has ever taken before. It's taking all of the bits. Like, I feel like I can't do any, I can't touch, I'm, you know what? I'm not even going to touch, I'm not going to touch my computer. Here, hang on, hands off. Okay, hands off. Can you hear me? You're frozen again. Yeah, I can. I can hear you. Yeah, no, the, our connection just, you know, the connection at this hotel apparently sucks. So that's, even though it didn't before. So that's kind of nice. It's a good thing. Yeah, no, I'm going to hit start broadcast in like 10 seconds. I have to attempt fate, though, and pee really fast because as I waited another 15 minutes for you, I now have to pee. So Your computer's going to break. Probably. One of ours will break. Do you want to take bets on whose? It's going to be yours this I think time. it might be. the cam- My camera, the reason I, w- I sent you the link originally and then wasn't on when you got on was because as soon as I sent you the link, my camera crashed. So I'm optimistic that my camera will... Stop working again. Something's going to fail spectacularly. It's It's okay. Okay, okay, all right. Wish me luck. 30 seconds. Good luck. Something's wrong. I can still see you, and my camera seems to be detecting me. I could have been playing Hearthstone right now. Could you really, no. in that 15 f***ing seconds, could you have played Hearthstone? I could have played, I could have played the first three rounds of a could, match. Yeah, and then, and then what would you have done? And then what would you have done with the rest of the match? I would have lost to a mage. Okay. There you go. Or a paladin, because that's what happens. This may be hard to believe, but we are actually live right now. Here at Unqualified Gamers, welcome I I don't even remember how to do this, like as a as a group. It has been a while. You and I have not done a podcast together in like six weeks, eight weeks, seven weeks. There's been a modicum. Is that the right word? Modicum. Nope, modicum. definitely not the right word. Modicum amount, moderate hypotenuse. Lots of things uh, have happened. Yeah, and with a moderate amount of frustration mixed in there, such as my computer that I normally record on, quite literally last week, exploding. It was the, it was the most insane thing I've ever seen. Like, there is there is some... What, you or I have done something very bad. Well, it... And, angered, and we angered the wrong gods because they are taking vengeance out when we sit down to try and record together. Right, and for the record, it did not literally explode. There was no smoke or fireworks involved. I don't know if it's Yogg-Sothoth. I don't know if it's uh, Cthulhu or Azathoth. Um, The color out of shape. I don't know. It could be any any of the the Elder Gods, really. Have you ever read H.P. Lovecraft? Yeah, actually, I've, I've read quite a bit okay, of Okay, because my girlfriend and I were on a drive, and we started listening to an H.P. Lovecraft tale, and the the narrator, as it were, 
in a, his reading voice says that the name of Cthulhu is in unpronounceable word and he pronounces it Thulu. I don't know if that's right. Mm-hmm. I, there, I don't think there's a right or wrong, but there, like in in Lovecraft's writing, like he he he's big he's big on the idea that like there are there are like uncom like it's there's things that are uncomprehensible to to humans, and that is what drives the people in his stories insane. Are these things that are just like like they're they're so beyond our scope of the of interpretation that we we can't comprehend them and they it like literally blows our mind so like in the in the story in in the story the call of cthulhu cthulhu like can he is walking through the ocean when when this boat happens upon him cthulhu is so he is walking through the ocean and the guy passes through Cthulhu's eth- ephemeral, ephemeral, ephemeral. I'm using all of the I think words it's ethereal. I, ethereal. That's the words are very similar though in their meaning. Eth- ethereal. He passes through like Cthulhu's ethereal head, and that I mean he literally gets driven to madness instantly when he does that. Um. So like, I, he, yeah. W- when it, there are there are like words and sounds and things that some of the um, characters in his stories uh, like see or find that are that are unpronounceable by the human voice because they are not they were not words that were written by humans that kind of thing. So yes, I mean that's like a general theme. That's a theme in some of his stories. Now it looks nothing like Cthulhu. What was it? Lou. How Thalu, did the guy pronounce Thalu. it? Because like the C would, but the C would be silent. You know what I'm saying? Like T H U L U could be Thulu. Okay. Okay. I guess. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. How that it works. sounds it sounds dumb. So well it's it's I don't know if it is I, I thought it was a quite a good reading anyway. But anyway, so listeners slash view although God knows if I'm gonna actually let this stay on our YouTube channel. Because your connection right now is is not even it's unspeakable it is as unspeakable as cthulhu's name quite frankly that is how unspeakably bad it is and to be fair you're on the bright side i am i'm on hotel internet which was serviceable before apparently is not now no um so that's unfortunate but this is since We had a rhythm that we had actually established, like I noticed randomly in the last week, that we've actually been posting once every two weeks consistently since like March. So unofficially, we've become a bi-weekly podcast, which I guess happened. We've talked about how this happens during the summer, and that's fine. But then last week, we were going to do one. Your computer exploded. Now we are going to do one, and it's E3. So... The date of the recording of this episode of Unqualified Gamers is June 16th, 2015, during E3. When I post this, it's going to be a little later, and I may actually adjust the date posthumously for various search engine optimization reasons. Uh, So it may look pre-E3, it may look post-E3, I don't know what it'll look like, but this is kind of our 
our official E3 podcast, irregardless of what happens. And because we haven't talked about video games in such a long time and we actually have things to say, I was thinking that we could actually start by talking about video games, uh, unlike our normal thing, and that can be kind of part one. And then part two of this podcast can be a little mini catch-up with what the hell John and I have been doing that has forced our hands into making this podcast unofficially bi-weekly and what's going on in our lives because quite frankly i'm sure that you are dying to know what john is what john had for breakfast this morning is that the chair from your house back in Rockford? oh my god you seriously everyone says this yes it is oh my god my parents That's like a, that's like a 35 year old chair. It is that's, literally a thir- My parents make fun of me every single time they visit me in Chicago. Every time they walk in the room and see this chair, they go, "Oh my god, you still have that chair that's older than you are," which it literally is. It is a 35 year old chair. But it's comfortable. It's so comfortable. Oh. Like it is really Really, like, I would get rid of it if, if, if it weren't a comfortable chair. And I thought to myself, wow, I wish I could sit in a comfortable chair. I better buy one. I would go buy one. I have the monetary uh, power to do so, right? But this chair is so comfortable. And it's actually brown on one side where my old dog, Aurora, used to rub against it all the time to, like, scratch her back. And, like, I think some of her golden retriever hair, like, color kind of, like, rubbed off on it. And she, okay. like, died, like, 12 years ago or something. Or 10. So, yeah, this has got some history. You got a problem with that? No, I was just looking up the word ephemeral, which you are correct. That was the... Did you in- hear anything I said on your internet connection? I did. Yeah, I heard everything. Um, I was just looking up the word ephemeral, though, and you were correct. It is ethereal which I, I knew it was ethereal after you said it, but ephemeral doesn't mean anything close to ethereal, in case you were curious. Okay, great. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up. Um, I was not. I knew that I was right, as I always am. So I watched uh, Nintendo part of Nintendo's live stream today. I watched Sony's press conference live. I did not see any of Microsoft's press conference um, give me the shakedown, John. Who I think what what everyone watching us wants to know because we are authorities on everything and and undeniably experts in our field. Who won E three? Which video game manufacturer is objectively better than every other one? And signifies that its fans are better than fans of other consoles, and that those people should feel bad about themselves. Your thoughts, if you heard any of that, because you're on hotel dial-up. So the last, the last thing that I caught from you was that you got to watch Nintendo's E3 press conference, uh, most of it, and then you watched Sony's last night. And you didn't watch any of Microsoft's. And then you were asking me who was the worst manufacturer and whose fans should be ashamed of themselves. Yes. Okay. So I managed, uh, I was actually able to watch uh, all of the press conferences. In fact, I even was able to watch, uh, I was super excited for the C3 for some reason. I don't know why. There was just a lot of buzz ar- around it before it started. Um, but I the Bethesda to theirs the night before E3 started. And then um, 
the next day, I want to say Microsoft did it in the morning and then E3 or E3, uh, uh, EA had one in the afternoon and then, uh, Sony had one at night. And then the next morning, Nintendo had theirs and then, uh, Square Enix had theirs. So, and I was, I was able to watch every single one of them. Um, the Bethesda. So, if do you just want me to go through each one individually? Yeah, let's. Uh, well, start. Yeah, start with whatever you want to start with, and uh, and I'll give you my thoughts on on on. Well, I, t- I tell you what, I'll do the I'll do the console manufacturers first, since that's what the majority of people actually care about. Um, the Sony and the Microsoft press conferences, in terms of quality, I feel like um, were kind of kind of the same. Like, I think they both came out. They both just showed a, a shit ton of games. Like I, you watched that, that Sony one, it was like game after game after game. They basically didn't come out and talk about the games afterwards at all. After they were done showing the game, they just showed a trailer. They kind of moved on to the next game. They showed a trailer. They maybe said, and we're excited to announce that this is coming, you know, in 2016 or whatever. And then they would move on to the next game. And Microsoft was the exact same. The difference was that Microsoft showed a bunch of games that were coming out that are coming out this year. So Microsoft has a much fuller plate of games that is coming out like, like immediately that people are going to be able to play by the end of the year. And that's kind of an important distinction between the two uh, because like, if you're looking, PlayStation is still kind of an investment in the future. Then after you've, after we've done this E3 compared to Microsoft. Sure. Like you have to, be confident on Sony's ability to deliver in the future because most of their stuff is from 2016 and probably even further than that. But what about Xbox's games? Like, are there any good games? So, um, Xbox did have, you know what? I can't even like remember the, the big announcements for Xbox. So I'm actually going to pull up a list here to get something because I, I don't really remember. Sony's was much, much more recent and obviously I remember everything from that because they had some some announcements that to you and me were I think a little more, they were a little more important to you and me. So one of the big things that Microsoft announced was backwards compatibility. Um, like just getting away from games altogether for a second here. Well, let, let's um, talk about that, that after we talk about the rest of its games because that's its own entire thing that we need to talk about. Yeah, and that, that was a huge thing. Um, they announced Gears 4, uh, which is going to be it looked like another Gears game, I guess. Um, it didn't look particularly great, but it looked almost like a it almost like a horror game. It looks like they might be be kind of like changing the theme a little bit. Um, I really liked the other Gears game, so I I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of whatever to me. Um, they showed Halo Five again. That's you know another Halo game for you. That's that, that's probably a big deal. Because I know you're a Halo player. For me, I've never played a Halo game, so I don't really know. I don't know. Well, that's not a big deal. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah, Halo's great. Uh, I'm sure it will be fun. Um, is it a system I mean, it seller? Looks like Halo. It, no, it's not a system seller. I can just subscribe to Xbox Live and play Halo 4 if I really want to. I mean, I don't know. It looked to me, it looked like Halo, um, and it looked like a pretty, a pretty version of Halo. So. Uh, they had Forza Motorsport, which is a racing game. Again, neither of us play the, play those. We do um, not care about racing for, games on this podcast. No, you like Mario Kart, and that's not really a racing game. Correct. Um, uh, 
the the things that may be a little more pertinent to us are uh, they finally uh, rare finally came out on stage, which I don't know if if you know this or remember this, but back when the 360 very first came out, Microsoft actually bought Rare as a company. Right. Rare, of course, was the company that back during the Nintendo 64 days made GoldenEye, they made Donkey Kong 64, Banjo-Kazooie, Conker's Bad Fur Day. They made like all of the iconic 3D platformers other than Super Mario 64. Like that was their bread and butter. Uh, not necessarily just platformers, like those shooters too, Perfect Dark, right? So that was like what they did. They made excellent games and then they fell off the face of the earth. So they disappeared after Microsoft bought them. Um, so they came out and they had a couple of announcements that sound pretty darn cool. So the first one is a one in 30 rare collection. It's 30 of rares games from the Nintendo 64 era onward. Um, including games like Banjo-Kazooie, Conker's Bad Fur Day, um, Blast Core, which was a favorite of my brother and I for the Nintendo 64. You loved that game. Um, I did love that game. That game was excellent. So uh, there's going to be 30 games. They're all going to have a gamer score. or like So like they're going to have achievements in them, which is a very cool thing. It's going to give players the ability to kind of... Uh, explore these games that maybe they didn't have the chance to when they were on Nintendo 64. Um, so that's pretty cool. And then they came out and they announced, um, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's a, uh, it's an open world adventure. What looked like a pirate game. Um, and it's like this, it, the way that they showed it was there was this 3d environment, um, and it, it was on like an island and there was like a skull and crossbones type thing. There was a skeleton and it was very, it was very like cartoony looking. And uh, you see some players running around with little names above their head, their player tags, which like let you know it's like an online multiplayer type environment. Um, and then like a pirate ship pulls up into this harbor that, that they're running to, that the, that the character that they're controlling runs to. And then it just cuts to them on a ship and it shows like, six players each at a different like station aboard this giant pirate ship. And like one of them is hoisting the mast. One of them, uh, or hoisting the sails. One of them is on the crow's nest, like looking around. One of them is doing the steering wheel. Um, and then it's, it cuts to a, a basically like a high seas adventure where like a pirate ship comes across the side of the ship and they're firing cannons at each other. And it looks really cool. Um, and it's it's like Rare's first new property in ten years or something like that. So that was kind of exciting, um, and it looked really cool. Uh, I I don't they didn't say anything about it really because it's still it's still like this just this really early idea. So this is one of those ones that's not coming this year. It's coming later on, um, but it looked really freaking cool. It really did. Um, so that was, that was cool. Uh, because there's no information on it yet, I can't say like, oh, I, I have to get this. Um, but it looks cool. So that was something that was a little more pertinent to, to me and you. Maybe maybe you less, but I thought it was neat. Um, and then, the, so that was like most of the games that they showed. Um, again, the Gears 4 was the, was the last thing that they showed and I was a little underwhelmed by it. Um, but it was the last thing that they showed regardless. Uh, they also showed the new Tomb Raider and the two, it was 
freaking gorgeous. It was absolutely gorgeous. Um, it just looked, it was, it was beautiful. It really was. Uh, and I, well, every game this year was gorgeous, especially to you. Yeah. Well, the first, I, I, so the first game looked great. Um, I liked it, but I didn't love it. You know what I right, mean? I remember that. Um, it was one of those games. It was one of those games that I just, I just kind of liked. Um, and I, I never, I never finished it. I got kind of burned out by it. Um, because like the, I don't know. I just got the combat turned into these big arena style, um, just kill fests and it just kind of got boring to me. Uh, but it was always a beautiful looking game. So that was kind of neat. Uh, and that this game looks like it's might be a little more explorative and a little less combat because they, they, this newest trailer didn't have a single bit of combat in it. So that is a little promising to me um, as a fan of the exploration, because there were some great parts in the first game where like you would, um, you would uncover a tomb um, and there wouldn't be any fighting in it. You would just go into the tomb and, uh, and you'd have to like basically solve a, a platforming style puzzle. Um, and then that would be like the, the, the secret of the tomb. Right. Yeah. Um, and you'd get like, you'd get like an upgrade material or you'd get like an upgraded weapon or something from doing that, which was really, and that was really, really cool. Um, so hopefully there's just like more of that. And maybe the tombs are a little bit longer this time because in the, in that first game, some of them were like 35 seconds long, which was like just for how cool they were. It was just not enough. Um, then they also, they also previewed dark souls three, which is going to be the last game in the dark souls series really cool uh they didn't show any gameplay or anything it was just this teaser trailer um but that's cool to know that that's coming um and then finally the probably the most insane thing that i saw and you haven't seen this but you need to look this up is have you heard of of the hololens the thing it's a microsoft thing uh yes oh the minecraft demo you're talking about did you see that i didn't actually watch it no Okay, so this guy comes out, he has a HoloLens, which is this, it's basically like a, a visor with one eyepiece on it, um, and it projects holograms into the real world, <laughs> like that's what it does, and he showed what it can do, and there's a, there's a, he had it projecting onto a wall, so like he was playing Minecraft with a controller because his HoloLens projected an image on a wall. That's kind of like the basic, well, of course it could do that, right? Um, and then he got out a, they got out a table, like a coffee table, and it had a matted finish on it. And he projected the, the game of Minecraft onto the table and it created a virtual th- 3d projection of the game that he was then manipulating with his hands to move around and there was another player there was a female who was controlling a character that was in his game just like she would be in his game in the computer like in the computer version of the game she was in his game and moving around on the projected image on the table so it was this 3d projected image that looked like you could reach out and touch it. You could see her character moving around that she was controlling with a gamepad, and he was manipulating the world with his hands and his voice using the HoloLens. It was the most futuristic thing I can remember ever seeing. It was insane. Uh... So if you, 
if you, yeah, if you, and so she was like, hey, what's underneath, because they were in a city, and she's like, hey, what's underneath the city right now? And he pulls up the ground and pulls up the city. The whole plain area elevates and shows underneath, and there's like this vast underneath cavern, this vast cavern underneath the city. So she gets a bunch of dynamite, and she's like playing and puts all the dynamite in the middle of the city. And then he lights it and it explodes and blows up the middle of the city. And that gives her access to this bottom cavern with all these materials in it. And it was just, it, you need to watch it. It is the, it was one of the coolest things I think I saw the entire, the entire um, show from all of the press conferences. It's like one of those things where I just don't know if there's going to be, if, if there's going to be some application to that. I don't know if like the barrier to entry is going to be in so insanely expensive that nobody will ever be able to afford it. But the fact that the tech is there me is like is it's important. Like it looks like it's going to be kind of an important thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was awesome. You should go look at it. Awesome. Well, that's ridiculous and amazing. Yep. And that was that was all of Microsoft. Well, um, except then we need to talk about the 360 backwards compatibility, which a lot of people are mad about. Are mad about or excited about or what? Mad about because they sold their 360 games. I didn't realize a lot of people were mad about oh, that. Maybe I just saw like a very, very select subset of the internet. But when I was scrolling through on Twitter and I, I saw a couple of Facebook posts, um, there there is a group of people. I don't know how it, – maybe it's just a, a ridiculously vocal minority. But there were a lot of people, especially on Reddit, I think, that were just like, oh, yeah, I just traded in my 360 games and uh, 360 for an Xbox One and I don't know how many games and, and stuff like that. And – I think some people are a little uh, a little butthurt about it. Um, so here's the really interesting thing about the way this is going to work. Um, here's the way the backwards compatibility will be working for Xbox. You're going to put in the disc of the old game, and then you're going to download the data somehow. Um, they're going to figure out a way to do this. Um, and it's going to basically emulate the 360 on the Xbox One's architecture. And that's how you're going to play the 360 games. You're not actually going to play directly from the disc. Right. It's not like they're flipping. It's not like they're flipping a switch and that's giving you access to your game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a weird there's a weird bit of emulation that's going to happen to make this work. That's going to start off with having about a hundred games. You're going to have access to like a hundred of the of of the Xbox 360's library if you own the game. Right. They promise that it's going to expand to all of the games. So that's the promise. I don't know. I used to think that backwards compatibility was an important thing. That was when I was young and had a lot of time. <laughs> now that I am older and I do not have time, I just don't see myself ever having the time to go back and play those old games. Like the idea sounds really nice. The idea that all of the things that you buy, you can then hang on to forever and you'll be able to use again. Yeah. Like that is a, that that it's a great idea, right? Um, but then, in practice, for working professionals like you and me that love video games, like I just don't know if there's a lot of time for it, especially if we want to play the new stuff. Yeah, I think that sometimes a lot of it can be situational. Like um, I remember there was a time when I was mostly playing my PS3. I was playing The Last of Us or something. I wasn't really playing my Wii a whole lot. And when I would have friends over, you know, because we didn't feel like playing Mario Kart or Smash Brothers, I would always boot up my 360 because that's where I had, like, South Park Let's Play Tower Defense. And uh, I made a game with zombies in it. 
and Geometry Wars and all these kind of weird little eclectic indie multiplayer, local multiplayer titles. And I remember I would kind of dust off the 360 only when I had company, essentially. And like, oh, you know, my friends John and Max are in town. Let's play games with them. Um, and that was kind of thing. So then when you run into situations like this, I think that, you know, and this is just one maybe very specific example of things, but maybe there maybe there's other examples of this kind of a thing where one console really fits the bill more than others for a certain situation. And it's it's not necessarily maybe that someone's going to go to an old system and play a 60-hour RPG, but maybe it's that they have, like, they and their friends, their most social games um, are on that. Like, I still pull out my, N- like, you know, uh, it was like in college when people would pull out their N64s to play Mario Kart and to play, you know, the original Smash Brothers with each other. That's like a big community is people that, that keep those, especially N64, since so many people grew up with that, um, is, is where they do that. So, I don't know. I think that's like the one application of backwards compatibility to where I, where I see it being an issue. I agree with you. I'm not going to go back and play freaking you know call of duty 4 modern warfare anytime soon you know like but uh i don't know don't get me wrong i don't think it's a i don't think it's like a bad thing i don't think there's anything wrong with them doing it i just think that people may be overvaluing it now and i used to be one of the people that overvalued it yeah yeah but no what i'm saying is i think i I think there's an argument beyond just uh, you know, I needed so I could play my AAA titles. Like sometimes, like you know, like like especially on the Wii. My original Wii has so many multiplayer games. My Wii U doesn't have anything. So like, if I want to play Tetris with my friends or Doctor Mario or whatever, like I gotta bust out that old Wii. Yeah, and I guess that, and I I understand where you're coming from there, and that makes sense. I just I I find myself in fewer situations where I am like playing local multiplayer. I have plenty of Steam games that allow me to do that, and I realize that that's recognize that that's not not a situation that everybody can find themselves in but that's just kind of the situation i'm in so yeah um yeah yeah i don't know i just uh, to me it's, it's not as important of a thing and i can understand though why some people thought it was a great thing because they have this these libraries of 360 games that they want to be able to play again so good for them yeah well i'm not mad about it uh i don't i don't think it'll be a system seller again for me but um but you know i gotta take a look at some of this uh, microsoft you know a couple of the games that they've demoed because i saw sony's press conference and that got me very excited about playstation 4 sony had so yeah we can go ahead and jump right into that sony had the most interesting games to me personally um so they started off by showing The Last Guardian, which, if you don't know what this game is, this was a game that was originally announced back in 2009 for the PlayStation 3. That's right, it was a six years, six years ago. Um, and it's, it's made by the same people that made Ico and Shadow of the Colossus, which are two um, very unique games that were made for the PlayStation 2. Um, and so... Uh, when this game got announced, it was like, oh my gosh, this it's this it's the next game from like this guy. It's Yushia Ueda. I, I don't think I got his first name right. His last name's definitely U-E-D-A. It's it's Ueda. And he's he like disappeared off the face of the earth because the game got announced and then it went through some of that development hell that some of these games sometimes go through, and it disappeared off the face of the earth. And by the time that it would there was like rumored that oh it, it might finally be coming to to um fruition um the playstation 
4 got announced and there was still no talk of of Last Guardian anymore. And so people were like, well, is this going to be a PlayStation 3 game at this point? Like, it's been in development for five years and the PlayStation 4 is coming out. Like, it would be silly to release a game on the PlayStation 3 now, now that they're trying to go to the PlayStation 4. And then it got rumored that it had been moved to the PlayStation 4. And then it got confirmed that it got moved to the PlayStation 4. Well, when it got confirmed, people were still like, okay, well, that's just them telling us that, like, oh, yeah, it's not dead yet. We're still working on it. You know, just assuming that, like, down the road there was going to be a cancellation announcement. That, like, oh, we just, we couldn't, like, we just couldn't get it done. You know what I mean? Right. But... But then there were, like, just about a week ago, there were these stirrings that, oh, there's going to be, like, The Last Guardian something at E3. And people were like, no, no, that can't, like, that's not possible. We're not going to get our hopes up. But we're going to kind of get our hopes up. Uh, and the, that's, Sony led with it. It was like, it was the very first thing they showed. It's a beautiful looking game. Um, it's about a boy and his dog monster it's a giant dog uh chicken raptor looking fox thing i don't know it's cool looking um yeah it it looks it looks pretty darn neat and i it's it's less about what the game actually like looks like it's less about that and more about um the legacy of this particular creator like shadow of the colossus and ico are two of the most revered games on the PlayStation 2. So um, it's pretty exciting to see it coming out. Yeah, I knew nothing about it. Everybody was freaking out at the press conference. Everybody on Twitter was freaking out. I was like, I I don't know what this is. But it, it looks... Yeah, and I encourage you I encourage you to do a little research on that. Uh, listener, That I'm talking to you as well. Like, Do a little research on, on the story of The Last Guardian and like... It's de- it's the story of its development because it's it's a really interesting thing and it shows it shows like it's easy to criticize game developers for for a multitude of things be it be it the qualities of, of their game or you know, design decisions whatever but it's it's a good indicator of just truly how hard it is to make a video game like it's just it is not an easy thing yeah I may look into so, it or I may completely ignore you but the listener shouldn't. I you're gonna ignore me, right? Probably. Um, the next thing I want to say the, the the next thing that really interested me was they uh, they showed off a game called Horizon, and I know you saw this too. And the demo opened up with just like it, it showed um, how the world had kind of uh, humanity had had been destroyed, and and all of the cities got overgrown with wildlife and plants, right? And it showed, um, like, the next... It looked like what was, like, the next coming of humans. And they looked like... Kind of like cavemen tribes. Is that fair to say? Like... Yeah, They showed, like, different... They were, like, different tribes of people. Um, And uh, it it goes to the main character, who's this this female. And uh, she's like... Boo! Boo! And she's like sneaking through the brush on this overgrown planet and uh, she's like going out to hunt presumably for food or something and all of a sudden like this dinosaur looking thing comes walking into the screen but it's not a dinosaur it's like made out of machines made out of machinery parts a cyborgosaur it looks 
the the dinosaur looked fucking awesome. It just looked awesome. I mean, I, the graphics in this game looked incredible, and and it's not just this T Rex. Then it's all of these other little mecha, little mecha dinosaurs as well. And she starts this process of fighting this giant mecha T Rex, and she's got a bow along with some other weapons, and she ends up tethering the dinosaur to the ground and then shooting it like in its I don't know mecha heart. And it explodes. And it was amazing looking. It looked so cool. It looked so cool. Um, just, I loved everything about that demo. I loved the art style. I loved the action. Just looked awesome. It looked just awesome. Yeah. It looked awesome. Yeah, it did. And that's that's called Horizon. And it's it's Zero Dawn is the subtitle. And it's actually made by the same people that made Killzone, which to me... Killzone looked bad. Like, I never played a Killzone game, but it just looked like a boring, standard first-person shooter. I know there are people out there that loved it, but to me, it just looked... It always looked like your most generic of first-person shooters. Horizon looked looked not generic. It looked not generic at all. It looked like a totally fresh new idea. I was... I am pumped to see what that game is. Wow. Yeah, um, no, I I totally agree. They they, should, it pretty much blew me away, and it's a PlayStation exclusive. It is. It is made by this again because it is made by the same people that did Killzone. They are a PlayStation only only company. Um, <clears throat> uh, they announced the next Hitman game, um, just called Hitman, which is going to be on all platforms. But they announced at the PlayStation um, at the PlayStation press conference, Street Fighter Five. They announced as well. Kind of an interesting move. For some reason, it's a console exclusive. Now, Street Fighter Four was huge. It rebooted the series, and it was extremely popular. It was on everything. Yeah. Street Fighter Five, when it first comes out, is only going to be on PlayStation and the PC. It's not coming to Xbox, which is kind of a big get. That was a big exclusive. It's a big exclusive for them. Um, and then whenever like the ultimate edition comes out, because there's always an ultimate edition of Street Fighter, that one will be on um, all systems. Um, they showed off No Man's Sky, which again. is my big. Well, it was my big system seller, like like legit last year. At that would have been my system seller, but I guess it's coming out on PC as well now. It is. Um, it was always coming out on PC though. Oh, that's not actually a surprise. Like they had they had always announced that, but. Um, they they showed it off and it it's just so here's it's huge it's just huge like that's basically their their big shtick is like you can if if they've got what looks like millions of planets that you can go to and they showed the 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 flying down from space to the planet's surface and it's seamless like there's no transition there you just go completely seamless it's, it's unbelievable yeah and I the only like I guess quote unquote loading is when you're hyperspacing between different stars, but it just looks, it just looks gorgeous and it looks like it looks almost like unbelievable. It is, it's unbelievable like what, what it is, and not only that, there's also space combat too that they showed off. So they showed off you would the, they showed off a couple of things. They showed off a little bit of space combat, like what's there's going to be like factions fighting in space, and you can choose to join one or the other if you want. Um, or if there's more than two, you can choose to fight for a faction. Um, you can go down to planet surfaces and you can discover um, different plants and wildlife. And then you can upload the data that you find using a beacon that is on ever. There's going to be a beacon 
on every planet, it sounds like, that you can use to upload that data. And you upload it to like a central server. And that is what gets you, like you are an explorer. So that gets you credits. That's like how you make your money is by going out and exploring. Um, All of the environments in every world are destructible. However, when you try to destroy them, there are these mechanical guardians that they didn't explain anything about, but they're mechanical guardians that are set to defend the planets from destruction. So like you can go down and destroy a giant, a giant rock face, which is what they showed, but it, it drew the attention of these guardian things that came to kill this guy when he did that. Um, It looks really cool. It looks, it looks almost, it, it looks almost like ambitious to the point where I'm still skeptical even though they like showed the gameplay i'm still skeptical because it it's all it just looks like it looks that ambitious but it looks really cool yeah and i'm cautious i'm cautiously optimistic i'm super optimistic about it i i'm i'm pretty jacked i think they got enough people's attention last year to where uh sony is gonna give them i think they're gonna get the support they need because uh that it, uh, it made a big mark. It's it's a huge game. It's a huge deal. I mean the the fact that they got a three minute demo on this year after last year's crazy showing. Like this is uh, this is gonna be a good game. I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, Media Molecule showed off a project called Dreams. Did you see this? It was weird, and I've never heard of Media Molecule. What have they done? Little Big Planet. Oh, okay, okay. Because, yeah, the, as soon as the guy got on stage and said Media Molecule, the whole crowd went crazy. I'm like, what did you guys do? Oh, well. And so that makes – and so and so since you didn't know they did Little Big Planet, that probably makes more sense to you now because this is all about these – this, like – I don't even know how to describe what I saw, what we saw with Dreams. Like, it's basically – it's basically like a, um, a story creator, like a storyboard creator. Um, it started off with like a guy playing a piano and then it morphed into, um, like a, a little, it has, I don't even know how to, I don't even know. I can't even probably describe it in a way that would make any sense to the listener that didn't see it. I guess I can just say, go look up the dreams, the dreams trailer from E3 2015. Just look it up because it, it is, it, it defies my ability to explain what it is. It didn't, but it looked really neat. I'm not. I don't know. I, it it seemed. Well, I mean, the guy did say we've shown this to many people, and they're like, "How do you even describe this?" So I guess that's to me. I don't like things like that because I don't like things that I can't easily articulate. So I guess I'm just gonna have to wait and see. But I didn't love Bit Little Big Planet, so I who knows? This would have to be better. I never actually, I never actually played Little Big Planet. They, these seem like the kind of games that I admire. Like Little Big Planet is the kind of game I admire from afar. Um, games that that um, games that promote user generated content. To me, I'm just kind of like, uh, I I don't want to be the one to make content using using a game like that. Like I just don't want to put in the time and effort to do that. Um, I will usually I will play other people's stuff, but in general. Um, so these are not the kind of games that attract me. Right. Um, so like Super Mario, Ma- Super Mario Maker, that's not a game that attracts me all that much. I'm not that interested in it because I, it's just not my kind of game. Now, I, I see the value of it, but it's just not my kind of game. Right. And we will talk about that um, in a bit as well. Yeah. Um, they announced the next Destiny expansion, which is 
I don't know, I don't have Destiny. Maybe I'll get that because I'll be getting a PlayStation 4. But as of right now, um, kind of uninteresting. Didn't really care about it. Um, and then they announced a Final Fantasy VII remake. Oh my which, fucking God. Which was just a trailer. There were This was the craziest thing of all. There was no talk about this. You know, I, I followed the video game industry about as closely as a as a enthusiast, enthusiastic, g- generic fan can <laughs> and does. And they nobody talked about this at all up until like three days before E three started. And then there's just like this. There was just like this rumor, like, hey, there's going to be a final. Fa- there might be a Final Fantasy seven remake announced. And it's like, no. They they have been saying that for like the past four years. Like that's just it's just a fanboy's like dream. Like that's it's not a real thing. They're like that's just that's a rumor. It's half right? That's the way it's always been. It's yeah, it's been that way every year. Well, they sh- they started showing a trailer and it and it looked like just a kind of a really cool sci fi sci fi world. Um, and then they just zoomed down and they showed just a back view of Barrett walking and then cloud and his buster sword. And it just said final fantasy seven. And then it said remake. And the crowd of course went nuts because it was, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, to me, cause the way he, he announced it, the, the, the way he introed it, he's like by popular demand, like, uh, this has been one of the great because he he did preface it's like tease Final Fantasy seven but you don't want to let yourself think it and it got like halfway into it and then I was like oh man, I mean this looks like Final Fantasy seven but what is it because the voiceover led me to believe it said something about like we're past the dark time or something and I'm like well maybe this is like a three hundred years later sequel or like who knows or whatever final fantasy 7 2 yeah and then they showed yeah, yeah I, I legitimately thought it'd be final fantasy 7 2 for a bit and then it showed cloud and barrett and he said something like we're back or something and i was just like what are they is this some weird like return or something and so i'm glad that they explicitly said remake and but yeah when those and you can hear the crowd too like they're pretty excited when it shows the symbol and they're like well we just saw something awesome but when it says remake they lose it and i totally lost it I was like, oh, I totally lost it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that it was actually it was actually a thing. I, I could not believe yeah. it. So I, I, I'm super excited about that. Um, they did you see the the inter, the the TV announcement that they had? No. The, so okay, so Sony has a TV service called it's called PlayStation View. It's only in like three cities right now. It's going to be expanding to a couple more cities. Um, and it is basically an alternative to cable. So you can pay them like right now. I think the only deal is for 50 bucks a month, you get their selection of channels. Um, and it's a good selection of channels from what I understand. Um, it's still to me, not worth $50 a month. One thing I always hate about these big, these big channel subscription services is that they give like, you have to pay a lot more money than I want to pay for cable. And you get a bunch of channels that I never watch. Right. Right. That's kind of the general that's kind of the general thing people don't like about cable. So PlayStation View is going to be the first service that is going to offer a la carte channels. So you, so from what they are saying, you'll be able to subscribe to individual channels that you want using their service, hmm. which is what I have always wanted. Because like I watch, I watch like ESPN, like that. I watch that in local channels. So I can get my local channels from 
I, I can get my local channels from my antenna that I have in my TVs. And then I would love to have ESPN. My wife watches like three or four different channels. That's it. She would love to have like CNN and Bravo. Like that's what she would watch. And if this pans out and if it works, we could be able to do that. That's a huge deal. Like that's a really big deal. That's the first time that's ever happened anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll see how that, we'll see how that pans out. Um, I'm hopeful for that because somebody has to make that step. It's going to happen. Like there's been pushback against the cable companies for years. Mm, But the cable companies have a monopoly and contracts and I'm not super optimistic that, ESPN's not going to come at Sony and be like, sorry, we're signed up with contracts. I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm saying like, I see it. Ha- I, I, I just, I see it happening, happening eventually. Eventually we will get to that point um, to where that is the way that cable TV works, that cable channels work. Yeah. It may be like 50 years down the road, but it's, it's going to happen. And this is just like the first step in that process. Yeah. So that's pretty neat. Um, you skipped a Final Fantasy announcement. You forgot Final Fantasy Worlds of Final. The world, the world of world of Final Fantasy. It's a cute, chibi-looking Final Fantasy game. I saw it on the Sony or on the. They showed it on the um, the Square Enix press conference as well, but they had basically no information on it, so it's whatever. Um, and then they showed their VR set, Project Morpheus, but they didn't show anything about it. Um, so that's also whatever. And then they sh- they closed with Uncharted Four, which looked it looked beautiful. Well, no, first was, they showed it, like fifteen minutes of Call of Duty Black Ops Twelve. Oh, was that on this one? Yeah. Oh, and but might I might I mention? So up until the Final Fantasy Seven reveal, you notice how we talked about like beautiful indie games or interesting games or like new concepts or story games, yeah, and whatever. Okay, so. I'm watching all this and I'm super thrilled. Then my girlfriend walks in and there's 20 minutes of Call of Duty 3 for 112. And she doesn't like shooting games. And I'm just like, really? It was just one of those like horribly bad timing of like, no, I promise not every game is just shooting explosions. But it was like literally 20 minutes of Sony's presser was on this damn Call of Duty game. Like, when are we going to get to the point where like 20% of a presser isn't on a call of duty. And I know that they're blockbusters, but like, honestly, really you couldn't have showed like three more minutes of no man's sky for like one less montage of running and shooting, which is the exact same thing that's been going on for the last like 15 years of call of duty games. And here, here's the thing is like, I have, I've, I've literally never played a call of duty game. And so I don't have any kind of discerning eye when it comes to these games. So to me, they literally all look the same. So like I, whenever I'm watching E3 and the, just the big, big bummer to me is that we're never going to go a year because they've got three different teams working on Call of Duty now. We will never go a year in the foreseeable future where we will not see a Call of Duty. So like, the Call of Duty part of the press conference is always the part where my eyes just kind of glaze over and I'm like, all right, well, here's the spot where I stop paying attention for a while because this just is not the game that I want to play. Yeah. And they just all look the same. They all look the same to me. The the only thing I did think was amazingly cool 
was, and I had the I had the TV on mute, so I couldn't actually hear what they were talking about. But it did show a feature where during multiplayer you see your screen in the main area, and on the bottom of the screen you see your teammates' screens. Because internet is fast enough, oh, and I... these machines are fast enough now to process to where you can screen peek over the internet to see what your teammates are doing. And in Call of Duty, that is in any first-person shooter, but especially Call of Duty, that is crucial to be able to do. Like that, it adds a. That's pretty cool. That completely changes the way the game is played. If you can see that, essentially, because if, if you catch one of the bad guys in one of their scopes before they get shot, you know where that guy is. Like it, that will actually be a huge game changer, and like that's great. But then you need to show like ten minutes of a level or whatever. Probably not. But I will say that did look very interesting, and I'm going to go read about more on that. They always like they they always look cool. Like the multiplayer the multiplayer montage that they showed looked really cool yeah i just don't want to play it but it looked cool so there's that but anyway yes after that was was far cry 4 which you were starting to talk about uncharted 4 uncharted 4 sure and it was it was it was beautiful it was a beautiful game it was a beautiful looking game it had the same uncharted snark humor to it i don't know it looked okay it was cool it did look good I mean, it was beautiful, yeah. and that was, uh, yeah, that was the last game during which you were just tweeting incessantly about how beautiful games are in this day and age, which they are. Well, that that driving sequence was was awesome. Like they they drove down this really really long, crowded city street hill for for like four straight minutes going through the city, and it was awesome. It, and it yeah. lasted forever, and it it made the city look huge it made it look huge and it made it look like a real place it was really cool yeah it was and it was the details were unreal they were unreal i watched it on my tv did you watch it on your tv no i watched it on my phone so it was like it it, it blew me away oh my oh, wait, god no, i watched it on my computer yeah. so a little larger screen. yeah we watched it on youtube and it'll blow you even more because the details are just unreal yeah i mean there was a part where he drove over a um like a clothesline and the clothesline wrapped around the front of the car in like a really realistic and believable way and like flowed off to the side again in a very believable way. It looked just great. It just looked great. Yeah. Um, and that was what they ended with. So to be, to be honest, I, I really think that Microsoft and Sony had equal quality in terms of their press conference. Sony just had way more for me that got me excited. So what you're saying is so anyone it, who doesn't own a PS4 is an idiot. And if you're listening, then you're dumb. If you don't love Sony and if you like Microsoft or Nintendo as much or nearly as much as you like Sony, then you are terrible. Yeah. And Microsoft and Microsoft is the worst company ever is what I'm saying. Yeah. And the Xbox lost E3. Yeah. Um, and is, is probably the worst. Yeah. And they'll probably go out of business. Saying. Honestly, the entire division's going to, I think it's down. going to it, No, all of Microsoft. It's going to take down all of Microsoft. That's true. Windows 10, more like windows, PlayStation. 10, 10. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, um, so that was that was Sony. So I would, um, I, yeah, I would agree that for me, Sony probably had the most. Uh, although I will say it, 
I'm not going to buy a PlayStation 4 this year because none of this is happening for another year. So, right. like, I, I want Hunter. Hunter? Huntress? What's it called? Horizon. Sure, Horizon. I want Horizon. Horizon could be a system seller for me. If it gets good reviews and it's awesome, like, maybe sign me up. But Oh, it, sh- it sure looked awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. It sure looked awesome. It really did. So, you know, I don't know, but you got to you got to release the game before I want to pay for it, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Um so that was PS that was PS4 and um then finally this morning we got to see Nintendo's press conference. Um and they did announce a couple of things. They announced Star Fox uh, Zero, which is the new Star Fox game. Looked pretty cool. Um, it looked like a star. It looked like like a like a Star Fox game, um, which means it'll be awesome because Star know, Fox is awesome. They yeah, the Star Fox games have all been have, have all the main Star Fox games have been great. They really have. Um, and you know, like they showed. Fox and an R-wing flying through arches, and they showed him getting laser upgrades, and they showed um, they showed some transformations that the R-wing is going to be able to do this time. Uh, it's going to be like a it's going to be like a walker, which is pretty neat. Um, it's uh, it's going to be able to you, you've got the Landmaster tank, which can transform as well. Apparently, um, I read some stuff on it afterwards, and um, if you if you've never played a Star Fox game before, it's a lot of it is just like linear levels. Um, where you, it's like an on-rail shooter, basically, for many levels. And then some other levels are these big arena battles, but they typically take place in space in a spaceship. Um, this game is kind of no different from what I understand, um, except there's going to be some choices in the way that you uh, engage uh, with some of the challenges in the game. And the example that they used with what I was reading was at the end of Corneria, which is the first level, there's a big saucer that you have to fight. And um, the first way that you can fight the saucer is you can shoot at it from the outside uh, and you can blow it up by shooting it from the outside. But once you get access to the walker, um, which is the thing the Arwing transforms into, you can uh, fight it from the outside until a pod opens up in like the bottom of it. And then you can fly into it and turn into a walker and blow up the core from the inside. And that will most likely unlock something within the within the, the level. Like there's probably going to be challenges in each level, badges to unlock, whatever, that kind of thing, just like in previous Star Fox games. Um, so that's probably going to be what gives it the replay value. Because if you remember Star Fox 64, you could complete the game in like an hour and 15 minutes from start to finish. But there were all of those branching paths. And that was how you kept playing the game over and over again. Because you would play different levels every time you played the game. Oh, I had a ton of replayability. I played that game constantly in college. Yeah, it was excellent. It was great. I mean, for a long um, time, I legitimately thought Star Fox... Like, I I would argue that Star Fox 64 may be the best Nintendo 64 game. That's how high it is on my list. I mean, I... That's fine. I could... I could... You could argue for whatever the heck you want. I don't care. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying that's how high so that was what they led with. <clears throat> that was what they led with, which was cool. Um, then they showed a little more of Super Mario Maker that they had that they had already showed um, the two nights previously when they were doing their Nintendo World Championship thing. Um, and again, that is a game that looks really cool. It is a game that is not for me. 
but it looks really cool. I so, agree. It's I don't not, know. not for me, but it's going to be, there's going to be some awesome Twitch streams. Oh, there's going to be some incredibly user-made levels in that. It just, they're going to be awesome. I agree with you. They're going to be absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, they're not going to be things I want to play. I will, like you said, you're going to be able to watch people play them. That is exactly how I want will want to consume oh. that game. Oh. I will want to watch people playing that game. Oh, God, no. Yeah, there, I don't want to touch any of those level. I mean, no. The levels are going to be brutal and ridiculous, but watching people play them is going to be amazing, and I'm super excited for that. But I, I will get a huge amount of entertainment out of Mario Maker, but none of it will be from playing the game or making levels. It will all be from watching people play other levels, which is, isn't that weird to think about? Yes. Like I'm enjoying a Nintendo product that I'm paying $0 for because of the way other people are using it. Yeah. Yeah. But that makes sense. It's just not something you like, you want to play it anymore. You know what I mean? Right. Like you just don't want to deal with that frustration of, of actually playing the level. Right. Yeah. Um, there was a secret hidden best part of the Nintendo press conference for me during the Mario Maker bit. Um, Shigeru Miyamoto and I can't remember who he was with. Reggie Fizeme? Talked about... No, it wasn't Reggie. It was a different creator of Super Mario. Talked about the creation of the original Super Mario Brothers. Did you have volume on when you were watching this? Um, I don't think I caught that part. I, I heard him talk about the creation of Star Fox earlier, but not Mario. So, so you listener need to go look at this because it is, it was one of the coolest things that I saw all of E3. It was Shigeru Miyamoto and one other creator, and I don't know who it was, of Super Mario Brothers. And they were explaining how they like got to Super Mario Maker <clears throat> And they showed their original design docs for the levels of the original Super Mario Brothers. And they had hand-graphed them on graph paper um, and showed some handmade illustrations of, like, the way stuff looked. And it was one of the coolest things that I've ever seen. It was almost like a Goosebumps moment because it's like this, this game, which was, like, the birth of the platformer, the birth of like the modern, like the birth of video games into the mainstream culture. Like this is how they went about it. And like, I'll give you an example. Miyamoto explained the placement of the first Goomba in world one, one. And it's, and he said, he said like, all right, here's the way this like works. Like the player starts the level and he's running towards the first area and he sees the Goomba and he jumps over it. Well, the Goomba is placed in such a position to where if you if you need to jump over it, you hit the first question block that's in level one one, which shows which gives you a mushroom that you then get and turn big. So if you know nothing about the game, it's like a tutorial through Mario Brothers where you accidentally, due to his due to that particular design decision, accidentally hit a question block and get a power up from it yeah. to show you how to get power ups in the game. And it was just the most, inc- and it was like, oh my God. And then they they were like, the next thing, the next um, example that they gave was, all right, well, there's two um, like standing block things where there's um, a floor in between the two of them. So if you fall down in between the two of them, you don't die. 
Well, the very next one that you see on the once the screen scrolls right just a little bit, there's a pit down there. So you know that you can fall down there, but you're not supposed to go into the pit, right? Yeah. And that's just it, it's like an ed, it's like without any words or anything, it's educating the player on how to play the game. And it's just one of like the it was just it was really it was really cool. <laughs> it was really cool. Um, so I, I would totally recommend that you you check that out um, uh, if you haven't yet. Um, and then they announced a bunch a bunch of of stuff that just like doesn't is so not of any interest to me at all. Um, there was like the anime Fire Emblem. Um, uh, I think it was the Fire Emblem Persona crossover, but its name changed, and they. They showed that in there, but they, it was just basically a, um, a uh, an anime trailer for it. So, like, it, it didn't really have any info at all in there. Um, they showed a new Animal Crossing Mario Party-style board game thing. Um, they showed the Animal Crossing, um, uh, like, dress-up, um, like, the home decorator game. I don't know if you've seen that before, but they announced that uh, at a at a at an E3 live thing a while ago. Um, they showed a new Four Swords Zelda style adventure that's coming out for the 3DS. That um, was which would be cool. Yeah, cool. Which would be cool if I had people that like I could play with. Now, apparently, you're going to be able to play it on the internet, from what they've said, which is a good thing. Um, but like, I just I don't know. Like I. It just it it doesn't it do, that doesn't excite me as much anymore. Um, so I, I wasn't terribly excited by that. Then they announced a Metroid Prime Sports Arena battle game. Dude, that, that was that was the biggest disappointment of E three. Yeah, like they showed Metroid Prime, and then they showed I, I don't even know what it is. Like, I, and they called it a sports. They call it a sports battle game. I was like, what does that even mean? Like, what is this? What is a Metroid Prime sports multiplayer battle game? What is that? So I was, and and you know me, that is like my favorite Nintendo franchise of all time. Metroid Prime. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was, I was really let down. I know. No, I, I saw really that down. and I was like, oh, that, that's not. Uh, um, and, and so they announced that, and then like I, I don't know if I'm, I can't remember if I'm missing anything, but the very last thing that they showed was a website for Mario Me, for Mario's 30th anniversary, and it's basically a website that says upload your videos of like you being Mario. They basically just showed a bunch of people cosplaying as Mario for various things, and that was what ended it. Um, so I was really underwhelmed by what Nintendo had to show. Uh, Star Fox 2, I was interested in because it's it's an, it's another Star Fox game and it'll probably be pretty cool. But that was one game. And then they didn't really have much else. Yeah, I will I will definitely be getting the new Star Fox game. I, I don't care about Animal Crossing. Uh, again, we've talked about Mario Maker. I, I'm excited for that to come out for other people to play, but not so much me. Uh, Skylanders is a game for little children, as far as I know, isn't it? It is. That's right. They showed the Skylanders Amiibo crossover, which totally makes sense. Um, that's really interesting that they're doing that. 
hopefully Amiibo, maybe Amiibo will still be out by the time that Max Max gets a little older and we can Amiibo together. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's that's not really targeted at us. Um, um, the I don't know if you heard the audio too. The guy talked about how he was afraid that Nintendo would be really protective of the license and everything, but um, then they yeah. yeah they had some ideas and they were like, well, what if we did like Magma Bowser? And Nintendo was like, yeah, do it. And they were like, oh my god, okay. And they started making like these cool offshoots, and they they looked cool. I thought. Hang on, sorry, I had to adjust my phone. Yeah. Um... So they look cool, just, just not. Look, I'm just not the audience. Like if I were a Skylanders fan and I saw that Nintendo Direct, I'd be freaking out. I'd love it. Oh, oh yeah, I got Nintendo Nintendo stuff in my Skylanders. Hell yeah, that sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. But but I that agree. sounds fantastic for me. Uh, it didn't. Now they did on the Smash Brothers front because that's an entire front. I don't know if you knew that. They before the Nintendo press conference, they announced that Roy will be a DLC, which makes me mad because I was very anti-Roy back in the Smash Brothers Melee days. Uh, you were. Yes, but only because our friend John played as Roy, and Martha's better. What can I say? But uh, they announced Roy, and they announced that Ryu from Street Fighter is going to be a playable character with combos, and you can download a Street Fighter level, and uh, Nintendo's partnering with Street Fighter, apparently. And I think Ryu looks completely, horribly overpowered. And I'm guessing that he's going to break the game. But I don't I don't know how I feel about him being in the game. I think it's cool. You think it's cool? I mean, why not? Why not? There's like, there's not, there's not like a, they're not going for a, a fighting game style balance with, with Smash Brothers. They're going for fun. You know what I mean? That's true. And like, and like it, it's it's like why not fucking put Street Fighter in there? Put Tekken in there? Put everything in there? Just put everything in there? Like, because why not? That's true. I'm fine. Like, with it's it. cool. It's 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 neat. It's cool. All right. I think it's a cool addition. Well, cool. Well, um, so that was aside from the press conference, though. And that, you know what? Honestly, I was disappointed when I saw that. I think because I have had to come to accept that Smash Brothers will never be a part of my social life because I don't know any people in real life that like that game, except for one person who lives in Russia. Like, I don't have anyone to play that game with. Yeah, and that's really what makes that game that game. Yeah, and it, it sucks a lot because, like, you know, if this had come out 15 years ago, like, oh my god, this would have... Oh yeah, for sure. Been the best thing that ever happened in my life, right? But it's just this is what happens when you're an adult. Sometimes is is you, uh, you know, zillions of things happen that are that do not involve uh, sitting in a living room with with eight hours at a time with a bunch of dudes playing Smash Brothers, and that's fine. That's great, but. Um, I did feel kind of like I was kind of on the outside looking in when they announced that particular Smash Brothers development. So whatever. But um, that aside, Nintendo's E3 presser or press video or whatever you want to call it, I did go on Twitter. I I had to go to lunch partway through the presser and I came back and I got right on Twitter. I searched the hashtag Nintendo E3 and it was 100% negative. And... Nintendo has rabid fanboys, as we know. It was 100. Every tweet I saw was, I'm so disappointed, Nintendo. Wow, what a disappointing press conference. Worst press conference. Just, what, what, 
I think what it is is they're just really double like everything everything had in an amiibo component basically and I think they're just really doubling down on it because it's what has been making them money recently and it just it it has turned from from it it's it looks like it's turning from a cute side thing to a focus like it's starting to guide the way that they are making decisions um and it is not at all anything like it is not at all what i am about like i couldn't care less about amiibo you know what i mean yeah so it's like i i just it's a disappointment to me that they're that it is it is guiding them in the way that it is because like that and that animal crossing fiesta party board game that they showed like the whole thing was based on amiibo they showed that they showed a guy like tapping an amiibo every time that like they they did they they rolled a die or something and i was like what what is this like what is going on yeah here? yeah i um and so I, I like maybe i don't know we'll see like we'll see what happens with all that um zelda is still on the horizon somewhere right right um then we got a release date we got a release date for x uh, for Xenoblade Chronicles X, which is, I, I'm going to be so hyped for that game when it comes out in December. It comes out right before Christmas. I am ecstatic. So, to, what is that game? That. Is it a um, sequel? Is it a remake? Is it a chronology collection? Anthology? No, it's Not just set. It's it. It's set. It's just. It just shares. A, a, it's in the same franchise. It, I don't even think it shares the same universe. I, and I, they've done this before with like Xenosaga and and so Xenogears and Xeno uh, Xenosaga were Xenogears was for the the PlayStation made by these creators and then Xenosaga was for the PlayStation Two and they were both in like the Xeno universe but n- neither of them had anything to do with one another there was like a very 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 loose. Uh, implied connection between the games but there was no nothing formal okay so this will be um, and then, just another new jrpg yes yes and it's got like a like the thing the characteristic of a, of a xeno blade xeno saga xeno gears game is a um a, it's a it's got a very hard sci-fi fantasy element to it um so like it it's a it's a little like star ocean like a little bit like star ocean um, so like it's, it's exactly what I want cause I love sci-fi stuff. So, um, and I loved it. I loved Xenoblade Chronicles. I loved it. Yeah. I remember that. So I'm, uh, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to see what it is. Well, cool. So, um, so not all bad then. Oh, and don't forget. Well, but. Oh, go ahead. But the, I mean, that wasn't like, like Z- so, so Xenoblade Chronicles X is already out in Japan. It is a known quantity. I've heard it. I've heard the import copy reviewed on a podcast that I listen to. Like, it's it's out. It exists. So we. It's not like it's anything surprising. It's not like it's new and exciting. Um, Yarn Yoshi. We we basically know what that game is. That was shown as well. Like we, but we know what it is. Um, we know Zelda is coming out. They didn't show it. Uh, they didn't give a release date. Anything. So. We didn't get any new information on that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it just like, it was just kind of a, kind of a letdown. Just kind of a letdown. But you forgot the other huge announcement on Nintendo 3DS. Uh, which one? Hyrule Warriors. <laughs> right. So, 
huge disappointment. So yeah, uh, I am not buying that game on 3DS whatsoever. But yeah, um, why? That's like that's like your favorite game. I hate you so much. I hate that I have to no finish this the damn console game, which will never happen. I have a story about that later. But no, it's dumb. Yeah. Actually, well, I'll just say this right now. I, don't, I mean, you know, in Hyrule Warriors, there's a the, you know the ten million rupee glitch. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, yeah, listener, there's a glitch. You can get uh, it. It it messes with the values of how many rupees you have, and you end up with nine million nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. So, essentially, get the ten million rupee glitch. It's the max amount of rupees you can have. As you know, you can level up characters in the game by spending rupees. I got the ten million gri- rupee. Gri- I got the ten million rupee glitch to work twice, and spent all of those rupees leveling people up. And I still didn't have my all of my characters up to max level. What do you mean when you say max level? Uh, 76. And remember, the level cap is... 200. Did you get up to level 250? Yeah, level cap is 255. My highest level character was Link at level 76. I spent over 20 million rupees leveling up the rest of my characters, and I still have a level 50 character and I think a level 20 character. Well, I mean, the game is meant to be a grind. That is how much grinding is required in that game. And it uh, don't get me wrong, I'm still playing the game and I'm still going to, but the idea that I, like, that's... Do you know how many hours that saved by pulling off a glitch? Like, that is that is literally probably like 30 hours or 40 hours of playing the same levels over and over again to achieve what I did. So... That's atrocious. I mean, that sounds horrible. That's atrocious. That's not okay. That is not good game design, is it? That's not good game design. No, it's that's, not. It's terrible. <laughs> that is atrocious. That's like the optional boss in Final Fantasy twelve that you have to like retreat and heal your whole party and then go fight again like 300 times or something to kill. Do you remember that guy? I don't. I don't. There was an optional... I didn't ever fight him, but there was an optional boss in 12. He didn't heal in between engagements, so you could go fight him for a while and then run away and then fight him for a while and then run away. But he had, like, either 10 or I think it might have been literally 100 million hit points. So in order to do this, it took, like, several dozen hours of just attacking him until you had nothing left and then, like, going and healing up and buying new items and stuff. And then just doing that. I mean, that doesn't sound like much fun. It's dumb. It's dumb. So there's that. But yeah, anyway, uh, I agree. I think um, Nintendo's press conference is a little disappointing. Mostly because I wanted to, like you, I wanted to see a new Metroid Prime. That's not Metroid Prime Extreme Beach Volleyball in space. I just wanted to see a new, I think I just kind of wanted to see a new anything. Like, to be perfectly honest... We knew Star Fox Two was going to be there if you followed if you followed other other news because it had been rumored forever. It was like the big rumor, so like everybody was like, "Okay, we're going to see the new Star Fox. What else are we going to see?" And like the answer was kind of nothing, and that was that was the disappointment. Yeah, yeah. Even Pokemon weren't even there. Pokemon nothing. Well, Yo- Yokai Watch was, which is the new Pokemon. That's the new Pokemon in Japan. Is that a new Pokemon? animal or a game it's 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 a new game it's basically pokemon oh. you, you've never heard of yokai watch no so in japan there are watches that people buy for their kids 
and you know, and yokai are ghosts that inhabit the world of and like you can find them anywhere like you can find them underneath a car so like i could look under the car and oh there's a yokai there and i can use my watch to catch it or something like that i think that's how that works and it's just it's a it's the same collection aspect that pokemon has wow and it's huge it's like it's it's bigger than pokemon in japan now right right now i think it's a it's a it's a huge thing wow all right crazy yeah so that that's coming so hooray for that i guess um yeah i don't know well cool well, anything else you want to say about E3? Because um, that's kind of all I have to say. I, I think Sony really did awesome job. I, I thought I, I wanted to see more from Nintendo, but people always do. Um, and Microsoft, I haven't watched yet, so I have nothing to say about it. I mean, Nintendo's press conference last year was great. Like it was, it was very good. It was very well done. It, this year, it just it it wasn't. I don't know. Yeah, for us, I think. Um, if, and no, I, I don't. I think for kids, it was good. Fallout Four. Fallout Four looks pretty freaking cool. Because um, Bethesda did their own press conference, so that looks pretty cool. Um, yeah, and then Square Enix announced some other stuff at their press conference that's like five years off. So it's not. I don't even know if it's worth talking about. <laughs> yeah, did they even talk about Final Fantasy Fifteen at all? Uh no, they didn't bring up fifteen at all. Yeah, well, that's what happens when the game is in development for like fifteen years. Right, exactly. Cool. Well, um, so, so yeah, I've got nothing else to say. It was still su- it was super exciting, and I'm going to be getting a PS4 like this week. Like this really week. for what what sold you? Yeah. Um, well, I I kind of always knew I was going to get one of the two systems. I was just kind of waiting. Um, the press conference just got me so excited to have one. Um, and, um, I got, uh, I got a one year subscription to PlayStation plus on sale for $32, which is really cheap. Holy crap. Yeah. For a full year. And PlayStation plus is like the, the, I, I, I really think it's like the best deal in all of video gaming because you subscribe to it. And you get free games every single month. Well, so you do with I Xbox the games as well, month. though. You, but you get less. You get fewer games. Um, like PlayStation consistently has about five games that they offer every month. Mm. Whereas Xbox is you like one or two. So um, like this month, for instance, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance is on the list, along with Skulls of the Shogun and then some other games. Um, so... Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited about that. And then, like every month, there's another set of games. Nice. So, yeah, and so I don't even need to buy any games to get games for it. Yeah, that makes sense. No, that's smart. Great. Yeah, that's very smart. And there are games that I that I do want for it already. So, um, yeah, I like. I've all. I, I'm going to get one. I'm going to get one, and I'm pretty excited about it. And then all of these other games that they announced that they announced today. Um, or that they announced last night that just look incredible. Even if half of them turn out to be good, that's like enough. That's a ton of games. So, uh, yeah, pretty excited. That's very, very cool. Very cool. And uh, on other, in other video game news, the Steam Summer Sale is happening right now. It is. I have not bought anything yet. Have you? Yeah, I have. Um, I bought. A, yeah, I bought a platformer called Electronic Super Joy. Okay. Um, I don't know anything about it, but our friend Blake texted me and said, 
you need to download Electronic Superjoy while it's still on the Steam sale. Uh, it's basically a platformer that you listen. It plays EDM music, so like techno and dubstep and stuff. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know anything else about it, but it seems super fun. It's got a bunch of levels, and you listen to techno and EDM, which is cool. I'm into that. It's and, got a great name. Yeah, and yeah, it's got a great name. Blake loves pla- like like Super Meat Boy. He loved that game, and he really is in like Mega Man and platformers. So I'm guessing I'll like it if he recommended it. So I got Electronic Super Joy. Uh, I got Monaco, which like everyone already owns that we know. Oh, Mon- Monaco! I've always wanted to play that with a big group of people. Okay, well, uh, literally all of our friends have it because I bought a four pack and I tried to gift it to you, and you already had it. And I tried to gift it to like like basically all our friends have it except one. So I have like I gave one away, and I've got I think an extra copy now or two. Yeah, it's a, it's a heist. It's a heist game. Yeah, it's like and everybody everybody plays a different member of this heist. Yeah, so that that looks really interesting. Um, someone actually bought me and gifted me Broforce. Yeah, they did that for me as well, and I didn't. I didn't get a chance to play it, unfortunately. Yet. Okay. Uh, well, me neither. Uh, but um, I am around all this weekend. Is literally like my crazy video game weekend. Um, and I also got Anti Chamber. Have you heard of this? Oh my gosh! I wanted. I've always wanted to play that. Uh, well, it's two dollars right now. <laughs> It's ninety percent off. It's, it's a, two dollars down from twenty. Do you know anything about it? I it's 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 a uh, Steam says it's a mind bending psychological exploration game uh, in an Escher like world, uh, like MC Escher, where always wrap around each other. Blah blah blah. I think I read about this game like a year or two ago and really was interested, but it was too expensive. But uh, yeah, I got it for two bucks because of course I did. Yeah, it's an it's a it's an adventure game based on non Euclidean geometry. So like the level design like the design doesn't make sense. Like you can go left around if if you're like going around a circular area, if you go left, you can like get to a different area than if you go right. Yeah. So I it's just it it yes, it is it is supposedly crazy. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to give it a shot and uh and see how that is. And also I got an email last month that said my my Microsoft points promotional credit was going to expire on june 1st so i had like 45 dollars in microsoft points or currency that i like had to use which i i didn't think that that was possible to have basically money expire which is very stupid but I also got an Xbox. <laughs> it's really dumb. It's really dumb. So I got an Xbox. It was like 50 bucks. So I got an Xbox 360. I almost spent it on Destiny just because everyone talks about that game and it was there. Yeah. Um, but I decided against that. And instead I got a ton of indie titles, multiplayer games, and Geometry Wars 3, because uh, I love the Geometry I love Geometry Wars. It's it's like this weird, stupid thing that I like. Um and uh, and the last game I got was the original Far Cry, but like remastered. Okay. Or for Far Cry or Uncharted, I'm not sure. I have not played any of those games, but I now have like another small library of Xbox 360 games that I that I will uh, hopefully be talking about in in, in some uh, you know soon coming episodes. But yeah, uh, the Steam Summer Sale, man, it's a good time. And they also got this mini game that you can play, and you can like click your mouse really fast to like blow up stuff. Uh, I, I played it for like a minute at work beside before because you can play it in your browser. Um, 
because I was like lunch, I, 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 you know, I checked out, bought a game at lunch or something, and then I was like, well, I'll check this out, but you have to like click really fast, so I was like alarming everyone around me, so I, I decided to stop. But um, yeah, it was cute. I don't. It's a cute thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a whatever. And uh, I don't know. Do you follow any of the controversy around the whole like uh, people jacking up their prices deal? I thought the only people that did that was was Rockstar with GTA. Yeah, there was this. So yeah, listener, there was this like weird. There were some rumors that some companies were like jacking up their prices to make it seem like they're they were on sale. So like a, a sixty dollar game would raise their price to eighty. And then sell it for fifty nine and be like, oh, you're saving like thirty percent, even though you're saving a dollar. But um, Kotaku did some investigation into it, and they they basically found out that's not really happening, and there are just some weird coincidences going on. And Rockstar didn't actually do that, but they did. They created a new bundle that comes with like stickers or trophies or some whatever. Who knows? Um, and that is worth eighty as for the whole thing. So you are getting more stuff, but it is it's. There's some weirdness and it's like a weird quirk, but basically don't freak out if you go on Steam and some prices seem off because there's usually a reason behind it, believe it or not. Right. Yep. So there's that. But let's Yeah, I still haven't found anything that I still haven't found anything that I that I want to buy yet, which is which is kind of crazy, but I I also buy so fewer games than I than I used to because I just don't have time to play them anymore. Yeah. So uh yeah, and so that's why I'm buying a PlayStation 4. Yeah, good call. That, that, I guess is, I guess is what I'm trying to that say. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Cool. Well, um, before we wrap up, we are a member of the Gun and Geek Network. I don't know if you remember this from the. He- oh, I do remember that. The header at the start of the episode. Uh, actually, yeah. As we're recording this, the GunandGeek.com podcast is recording its 100th episode. So congratulations to them for catching up to our awesomeness. And uh, that's very exciting. I, I agree. So, yeah. Congratulations to yeah. them. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. See? So, go to gunandgeek.com if you want to check that out. And there's a couple other podcasts I want to briefly plug on there. Uh, Game of Thrones just ended its season. I don't watch. Do you watch? I do not watch Game of Thrones. Okay. That's fine. Well, if you do, listener, um, you can listen to Tyrion's Landing, which is a new-ish podcast to the Gun and Geek Network. And on this week's episode 89 entitled Mother's Mercy. It's the season finale, and the crew talks the physics of rioting dragons, nudity protests, draining pitchers, and that's just the news. The finale has it all. Slitting throats, poisonings, leaps of death, walks of atonement, and caesarean deaths. Jeannie, Rachel, and Nikki discuss all of it, including missing direwolves and wounded dragons. That on episode 89 of Tyrion's Landing. And also, our friends at All Things Good and Nerdy have a new episode, episode 163 of ATGN, Turn Off the Steam. This week, Anthony and Chris were joined by guest host Jeannie from Tyrion's Landing to pry Naki away from the Steam summer sale. I know what that's like. The news started on a sad note. Anthony brought the news of Sir Christopher Lee and Dusty Rhodes both passing away. Jeannie and Naki bring home some happier news, proving that Han shot first and that an Invader Zim comic is in its way. Uh, and in a new segment, the crew also talks about the ideal weapon to have during a zombie apocalypse. Spoiler alert, it's a lightsaber. So that all on episode 163 of uh, All Things Good and Nerdy. All of those available on gunnageek.com. And be sure to tune into their 100th episode, which I don't know what the gunnageek.com podcast is talking about on their 100th episode, but I'm sure it'll be entertaining. Just like we always are when we record. You know, I've always thought, 
I've always thought if I had a lightsaber, I would just hurt myself. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think... You know, I don't think I would ever, like, even, it probably would be the best thing for a zombie apocalypse because you could just chop everything up. But I just think eventually I would somehow, like, chop my leg off or something. Yeah. On complete accident. Yeah. I might chop your leg off not on accident. Yeah, no, that, no, that checks out. That sounds like something you would do. It does, yeah. Yeah. 